0: Why easy running makes you faster. It's one of our favorite topics here today, easy running. And it may seem a little counterintuitive when runners first find out that running slower on your easy days actually makes you faster in the long run. It is one of the first principles you need to embrace as a runner to really reach your potential and get to the next level. But it is often one of the hardest things to actually put into practice when it comes to -to day-to-day running. As distance runners, we are taught to push through the pain. We are taught to keep going when it hurts. But then we are told that if we want to get faster, we need to run slower. It can feel straight up weird to slow down, especially as slow as we're going to be talking in this podcast. We aren't just talking about slowing down a little bit. Did you know that you should be running two to three minutes per mile slower on your easy days than on your hard running days? Yeah, that much slower. That means that if you're running a 5k race at eight minutes per mile, around 25 minutes, your easy pace should be no faster than 10 minutes per mile. It can often feel weird to slow down that much, especially when you're not used to it. However, it is essential for building endurance and becoming the best athlete that you can be. We are going to go over the benefits of slowing down and tips to incorporating this into your training correctly. So I have with me today, Jason Phillippe, who is a coach here, run for PRs. He has been coaching for over a decade. He started at the middle school and high school level, worked his way up to the college level, and also has experience with um, adult athletes training for the marathon and half marathon. And he's been with run for PRs um, for almost five years now. So with that being said, we're gonna dive into this topic of easy running. And just as a practice, um, when it comes to our own training, I think that would be a fun way to kick things off and to talk about how we incorporate easy running into our own training. So Jason, was there ever a time in your running career? Cause I know you've been running for man, almost 25 years now, which is a big chunk of your life. But was there any time during that 25 years of running where you really struggled with this concept?
1: Yeah. So my running career started in middle school and I think, um, you know it was the track program in seventh grade uh, for us a long run was about a mile and a half and so it seemed like every time i finished that i was pretty exhausted because we ran it too fast and so that concept of easy running definitely took a few years to sink in um, and i got got up to high school and i couldn't understand how we were going to run five or six miles um, it just seemed way too far and so um you know keep in mind at that point the longest race i had ever done was a mile And so, you know, as a as a young teenager, we started running four, five, six miles, and that's where it started to. um, I started to learn from teammates and coaches um, that if I just slowed down, I could sustain my pace for longer. And so that's kind of the that's kind of where the premise starts: is that if you take a young person um, and you you try to have them, you ask them to go out and run, they think they need to run fast, right? Like nobody's really going to jog; they're not going to go slow, Um, and that could stem from a variety of reasons, right? Like their upbringing with sports or physical education class that sort of thing and so um, I think there's definitely um, you know even even as an adult if we if we never run we're going to go out and run most adults are going to run too fast so I think that this is a good podcast because we can start to talk about um, you know not just the physiology but the importance of slowing down
0: Right. And I love how you brought up when you were even a kid and they just told you, hey, if you just slow down, you'll be able to make it for five or six miles. But I bet at the time when you're going through it, it's so weird to think, no, I don't think that slowing down is the key here. It's just like, I physically can't do it. And I often hear runners say that all the time. People will be like, no, you know, after I get to mile 10 or after I get to mile 13 or whatever mile it may be, they're like, I hit the wall. I can't go any further. And I'm like, yeah, but have you ever tried slowing down? They're like, yeah, uh, no, you know, it feels weird. Or they they just are skeptical of the whole concept. And I think for most athletes, it's when they really want to go further. And they also really want to improve that these, this concept of easy running really becomes important. Otherwise you're just going to hit that that roadblock of stagnation. And think about it, if you never would have listened to your coaches when you were in middle school, you would have never made it past that four mile mark. You would have never gained the endurance that you have now. And so it's really a tough concept, I think, because it is counterintuitive, but it is so important to play and practice. But I also think even if, you know, you you obviously understand you have to slow down to go five, six miles, then when we become, you know, more of a half marathon or a marathoner. So, some of the people listening may be people that have done marathons or half marathons. I was in that boat, but I still got into this habit of not going slow enough on my easy days where I hit a, you know, two, three years there where I wasn't improving at all. And I thought I was going slow enough in my easy days. And if you plugged my race results into a VDOT calculator, It appeared that I was just going maybe slightly faster than those paces and I didn't really think that was a big deal. But Jason, have you ever had that happen where... You know, you're well into your running career, you know, you've been running for 10 5 years and all of a sudden you somehow you know you're supposed to go slower, but you're looped into this, I I can't go any slower and, you know, the comparison trap game I've seen other people maybe slower than you on race day, running faster than you on easy days. And how can you kind of speak to that?
1: Yeah, I think there was a point in time, probably 5 or 6 years ago now when when Strava started to become a thing and, um, social media was starting to boom in terms of runners and Garmin and all that. And so kind of seeing other people post their workouts who were similar, um, who had similar race, you know, finish times as I did. And I felt like I needed to prove something to myself by running workouts just as fast or, you know, being able to run 10 miles at sub seven minute pace. Um, that was like a standard it seemed like. So, uh, that, you know, over time I started to realize like, it's um i'm not really doing it for the right reasons and so that's why i was like well i should just slow down today like give my body more of a rest um started to kind of have injury flare-ups over the years started to learn from um you know that I should be training a little bit smarter so I can get more out of my workouts that sort of thing Uh, but the cool thing about being a run coach is I've seen I've basically seen it all from all types of runners runners who are really good about listening to their their body and slowing way down other runners who struggle with it they're constantly running the gray zone and so there's a wide spectrum there and so hopefully this is a good podcast for you you know and you can reflect on where you fall on that kind of spectrum.
0: Right. Yeah. Some people really embrace the concept of easy running. And one of those people is my mom, who is also, you know, one of my first athletes and she started running in her fifties. But she goes, you know, four minutes per mile, five, six minutes per mile slower than her 5k pace on easy run days. And sometimes the questions that I get when this comes up is, you know, is there such thing as going too slow? And it, there may be a such thing, but I think it is so rare to find someone in that category that it's almost not worth mentioning, um, especially to the audience that we're speaking to. So maybe for example, if someone's in like 65 minute half marathon shape, so they're, they're clipping away at like five minute pace for, you know, a half marathon, they're, they're an elite athlete um, and they're going out and going on a run. And let's say they were going, you know, 12 minute pace, their heart rate might not Actually, be getting up into even like zone one. And so that's where we really need to look at okay, if your heart rate isn't getting above like 110, 115, um, you might need to go a little faster. But I, as a coach, have actually never seen this occur. Um, even Coach Ben Jacobs, he is a 240 marathoner. So he's not elite, but he's, you know, sub elite. Um, he goes out and he runs with a group several times per week. Um, out in Minnetonka, Minnesota, and they usually cruise at about 10 minute pace. So, you know, his marathon PR pace is six minutes per mile. And then he's going and he's running four minutes per mile slower with this group. And even I see the stats from his runs, his heart rate is still getting up into like the 115, 120s, which I'm sure he would confirm is still an aerobic effort. And it's still miles in his um, mileage bank and it's still counting towards something. So I would think you should be more fearful that you're going too fast on your easy days and don't be afraid that it's too slow, you know? Um, so I guess with that being said, diving into some of the first questions that we have here, what is aerobic training and how does it make you faster when we train in these aerobic zones?
1: Yeah, aerobic training to me is, is, uh, training to allow your body the chance to, to use oxygen and send oxygen to your muscles, um, so that you can continue the run and sustain it for a long period of time, um, versus anaerobic, you know, which is, uh, basically where the muscles are lacking oxygen. You can really only sustain an anaerobic pace for a matter, matter of minutes, but, um, you know, the slower that we go, the research shows that we can increase our mitochondria and our capillary production in our muscles, and which can help actually increase blood flow um, so that our body is able to use oxygen better. And so, um, you know, running is a cumulative sport. The more you um, train in these easy pace zones over time, you're... you're um, your system just becomes stronger and more efficient. And eventually you're hopefully going to get faster if you've been consistent enough with your training and you should start to see an increase uh, in your pace um, over the course of various distances.
0: Yeah, definitely. That was really well said. There's so many things that are happening on the cellular level when you run slow and you allow your body to create those adaptations. And I think the mistake that most people make is they think they have to run certain paces and they think they have to really um, kind of get in that, that gray zone and that middle zone. And what ends up happening is, yes, you're running aerobically, but... You're also partially igniting that anaerobic system. And when you do that, you're not getting the full benefits of what you would get if you were going at those really easy paces in the really easy zones. Um, because you're you're laying like a foundation and you don't want to skip steps, right? So if you're sitting there doing all of your easy runs a little bit too fast, you're not getting the total benefit. And then over time, not getting the benefits of not getting the benefits run after run, um, you're almost like skipping steps. And so then you might reach a point where, hey, like I I can get away with running 13 16 miles but I feel completely trashed after or you know I can't run faster than this pace or I always hit the wall and, and these are the sort of symptoms that will happen if you aren't allowing your body to really train in those easy zones and set that really strong foundation so you want to make sure the foundation of your running house is very strong before you go into adding too much pace work and all that stuff because running is a stress on the body especially if you're starting to run as an adult um, we live very sedentary lives uh, as adults, right? Most of us have desk jobs or we're spending a lot of time sitting and that's not like the natural way that humans, you know, evolved. And so if you haven't really been exercising for several years and you come into the sport, it's going to take your body some time to get used to, okay, we're running, right? So you really do need to start at like the very basic, basic, easy runs, very slow. And sometimes just going that slow feels awkward and it feels Weird. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you feel when you're running um, at a slow, easy pace. Because I know on a regular basis, you run close to, you know, three minutes per mile slower than your 5K pace. And talk a little bit about what that feels like. Because I think one of the biggest pushbacks that I get from people is it feels weird. I don't like it. It's, it's this different type of feeling because most people get into the sport of running because they like the way that like runner's high and pushing it and going fast. And when you're running that slow, you don't feel that way at all. And so it's very confusing. And I think just talking about what it feels like to run this slow is really important to getting people to really ease into it and realize, no, this is how it's actually supposed to feel.
1: Yeah, definitely. And for me, I always, I usually feel worse on my easy days. Um, for some reason, I just feel kind of sluggish. Um, this morning, for example, I ran like four miles and it was like barely, I think it was like eight ten pace. And I just, it was kind of hot. It was like 72 degrees and sunny. And, uh, for me, the, when I just, when I don't worry about pace and I just kind of go out there and, and go really easy effort, I just feel like, um, it's normal to feel kind of uh, sluggish or that your muscles aren't really, um, feeling that this pop or this freshness in that, in them. And so I think that as we start to do workouts, um, they're actually going to go better because we're changing things up. We're changing our pace. And that was kind of another point I was going to talk about when we think about the physiology is, is sort of the, um, efficiency of movement, right? So to move, um, faster, we have to move better. And so if we're moving, um, more frequently at a slower pace, we are increasing our efficiency. Um, our muscular uh, structural development is, um, is developing at a, at a better rate than it would be, let's say, we were running always in the gray zone. Um, and so by kind of um, varying up the pace more frequently, that can allow us to get more out of workouts as well and uh, overall work on that, that pattern of movement and increase our in- efficiency as a runner.
0: Yeah, definitely. A lot of science back there with the physiology, terminology and all that. And there's definitely a lot of stuff that goes on physiologically when we go that slow. And I think another thing that's really important to know, you were saying you just felt kind of sluggish the whole time. And that's really normal because you're saying to yourself when you go out on those easy runs is I'm going slow today. I don't really care about this run. And that's kind of like the thought process. Your brain knows, okay, we're not going to be exerting a lot of energy today. We're going to be going really slow. And so you're just not as engaged. And I, whenever I do a workout day or hard running day or have a race day, or if I know I have to run like a certain pace, my body kind of starts to get primed up and like the adrenaline starts to go and you start to get like more energy. You start to feel good and the paces are almost effortless. But when your body isn't like releasing all of these like adrenaline hormones and all that stuff, which it shouldn't every time you go out and run, you just kind of feel sluggish, right? It would almost be like the same um, feeling you would get if you had to go out on a walk. You know, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, just gonna be walking. It's a very similar feeling to going on a walk. And I think that's something that people- aren't necessarily willing to embrace because it doesn't feel productive when you're doing it. I mean me for example, um at the time of recording this podcast, I just ran um like 6 6:58 six pace for a half marathon. And a lot of my easy runs leading up to that race were in the 9:30 to 10 minute pace range. Um so you can slow down and still perform at a very high level and in fact I think the higher level you get, the more you should slow down on your easy days because um, just naturally you just realize the benefits of it. And I think the more you lean into this concept of really polarizing your training, which means keeping easy days easy and hard days hard, the more you're going to be able to break out of any sort of plateau. Because one thing that is really common with runners, especially you follow them on Strava, Instagram, whatever, I see a lot of times is people are always running in the same pace range. Like you look on their Strava and it's like every day is pretty much the same pace. Maybe there's a 30 seconds per mile variation, but what are some of the key things that you look for if someone's really embracing this easy day when you look at their data?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, what you just said, the uh, variation of the pace amongst across, you know, their easy days, especially that recovery day, the day after a workout. So I'll typically tell athletes like, Hey, it's, it's totally okay to go on the slower end of your easy pace range or even slower than your easy range. Like you said, that's what you do sometimes. So, um, the day after the workout is key, uh, you know, especially if they're able to hit their paces in the workout, that should, they should definitely be slowing down, um, but overall, yeah, long runs would be something I look at and um, looking at the average pace for those long runs because I know that's where a lot of people think they need to be pushing it close to um, you know, that gray zone or even faster than that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think I've heard some run coach a very long time ago tell me, your easy runs during the week should be the same pace as your long run, right? So those should be the same. You shouldn't really be switching things up. Um, it's Your easy pace pretty much always is gonna stay the same unless you're doing a recovery run, right? Um, so you don't need to on certain days go faster just because, oh, I'm going long today or whatever it may be. Don't fall into those sort of traps. And at Run For PRs, we really focus on like three pillars of what easy running should look like. So for us, We always are prioritizing the pace so that's gonna look more like a speed limit so we're gonna tell you this is the fastest that you can go which is usually two minutes per mile slower than your 5k pace so again if you're someone who runs eight minute pace for a 5k We're going to say no faster than 10 minute pace on your easy days so that's your speed limit that's rule number one so that's the first factor the next factor you're going to want to look at is how do you feel right so if 10 minute pace feels hard or if you feel very sore that day or if you're just not feeling it um, a variety of factors right maybe it's four in the morning and you're just super tired you can go as slow as you need to go to recover, right? So the idea in mind when you're running is you wanna be thinking two, three, four days ahead. You wanna be thinking almost like a game of chess, right? So it's not just about today's run, it's about how am I gonna feel in four days from now when I have to do a long run workout? Or how am I gonna feel in five days from now when I have my race? Um, So it's not just about how you feel today. It's about how that's going to affect you in a week, in a month, you know? So if you repeat this pattern day in and day out, how are you going to feel long-term? So you really want to be focused on how you feel and how it's going to impact you long-term um while you're running and then the third factor that we look at and we don't really recommend doing this until after your run is the heart rate variable so the reason why is because there's a lot of things that impact your heart rate one of them is stress right so if you're constantly looking down at your heart rate and you're realizing oh my gosh my heart rate's a little higher than it normally is or than it should be uh that can cause stress which actually elevates your heart rate so not only is that a factor but also a lot of these wrist heart rate monitors are not accurate. So we've seen them just totally go haywire. I know sometimes it interferes with um, electrical lines up ahead, just depending on where you're running. Sometimes if the battery's low or if you're sweaty, if you're cold, things will skew the reading of your heart rate data. Um, and then there's also other things that impact your heart rate in general. Um, so maybe you have like low iron. Maybe you had a bad night of sleep. Maybe you drank a lot more coffee than you normally do before you run. So there are just other factors that go into your heart rate. So we don't want to use that as our only variable. I do think it's good to review your heart rate data after a run just to make sure that how you were feeling on that run is pretty much reflected in your heart rate. Um, If you're starting to notice a pattern after a couple of runs, like, hey, you know, I, I stayed with the speed limit I listen to my body, but man, my heart rate is really elevated lately. I, I wonder what's going on. Um, so if your heart rate, if you're noticing your heart rate's getting the 170s or whatever on an easy run regularly, so it's not just like one or two times, it's like all the time, you know, maybe that's a sign that, hey, I should maybe get some blood work done, see if there's other things going on. Maybe it's a time to self-reflect. Uh, do I have a lot of stress in my life? Do I need to maybe make adjustments? adjustments to my training so that my body is getting more time to recover maybe that's a mileage reduction Um, there's just so many factors that are at play here but that's why we like to just monitor the heart rate after the fact and analyze that later but not hyper focus on heart rate during the training run so i kind of covered a lot of stuff right there jason Do you have anything to add to those three pillars
1: Um, I mean, you said it pretty well. I I think that pace is always a good thing to prescribe athletes, um, pace ranges for all of their different, you know, types of workouts that they should be doing. And, um, that's one of the benefits of working with a coach is we can look at that data and give you feedback or, um, you know, help you see like, Hey, this is an area that you need to work on. And so, um, that's why I love training peaks. And, um, if you do use a GPS watch to track your runs, it's very useful. Um, and, as far as the effort, yeah. For me, I I never really I never worry about pace on my easy runs. I'm always looking at effort, so I might look at it every now and then just to kind of see like where the mile was at or what it was at, but I don't really read too much into it. And I think over time, the better you become at easy at, at the concept of easy running, um, you're naturally going to be able to do most of these easy runs as like a slight progression, um, just because you're going to start to feel a little bit uh, better as the run goes on, hopefully. And obviously hills, wind, weather, all that can affect that. And not every easy run is going to be a perfect progression. But for the most part, your first mile on an easy day is probably going to be one of your slowest miles. And so I, I think it is normal to finish these runs feeling like um, you, barely, you barely did anything. And if that's the case, that's, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's really well said. So like after an easy run, if you don't even feel like you ran, you probably did your easy run correctly. That's a good sign that your body is in really good shape and that, you know, you're getting primed up for that next workout day. But I think it is really important to kind of address, you know, it's not just go out and run easy miles all the time and you're going to get super fast. So that might be a little bit of like the misconception here. So it's not only about easy mileage. It's a huge part of your training, right? So easy running should encompass 80% of your training that's like the minimum, right? So you could even go up to 90% easy running, which is what I usually do. Just based on what works for me, I can't really do more than, um, or less than 90% of my easy running and stay healthy. So I do about 90% easy running, we recommend 80%. So that's a huge chunk of your training, right? If you're running 50 miles a week, that means 40 of those miles are in this easy running zone. But then we really have to look at, okay, what about the other 20% or 10% in my case? Um, What are you doing those 10 miles per week that are the hard efforts? So that's where the specifics of training really come into play. And you're going to want to look at workouts that are very specific to the event you're training for, your current fitness level, all of those things. And we've kind of touched on that um, in other podcasts, and we're not going to go in too much detail as to what you should be doing on your workout days because it just varies so much. Um, But it is really important to have those within your training. Otherwise, you're not going to get as much benefit and you're not going to see that you're really improving maybe as much as, as you would, right? So, If you're spending a lot of time in the gray zone where you're running a little too fast on your easy days, just slowing down in and of itself may lead to some improvements, but where you're really going to get a lot of bang for your buck is where you're slowing down 80% of the time and then 20% of the time you're doing those very specific workouts. So it's not that... Running slow is gonna make you this amazing athlete. It's that it's allowing you to recover fully for these harder workout days, which are the days where you're really going to be pushing yourself and learning how to dig deep and doing all of those things, and then allowing your body to recover while it's adapting to just running, time on your feet, all of those things, making the cellular adaptations that you talked about earlier. It's just all of the puzzle pieces will come together and you'll be in the best possible shape by training this way. Um, So Jason, do you have anything to add about how to recover from these workout sessions because they are almost a cornerstone, right? You want to have these hard workout sessions and then the recovery in between. Um, I know when I first started doing workouts like that, I thought, okay, two days to recover in between and then I need to jump right into that that next workout, right? I didn't ever think I needed to go longer in between or see any sort of benefit to that because I thought... By you know giving myself extra recovery, it wasn't going to be enough stress on my body or something like that. So talk a little bit about how many days of easy running in between and how that might vary.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, typically this will obviously vary on the the athlete and their experience with workouts, how long they've been running, where they are within their training cycle, how consistent they've been recently. But a good rule of thumb if is um, two days, two to three days, depending on the 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 workout. So. You know if it was just something more of like a steady state tempo you can probably get away with um, one easy day in between if you're a higher level advanced athlete but if you're somewhat of a beginner or intermediate athlete you're going to want to allow two days after that type of effort um, if we're talking about more of a harder based effort like intervals or a longer threshold session then you want a minimum i would say three days usually um, sometimes four days it really just depends on um, you know how much damage you think was done on those days and so um, you you did a good job discussing the importance of um, kind of painting the picture of of why we want to run easy so that we can get the quality workout sessions in especially if we're in a training cycle where we're trying to balance building the mileage slash intensities um, that can be a slippery slope right and so that's why we really want to um, recover on those easy days to make sure we allow our muscles a chance to heal and feel good and circulate blood flow that can promote healing.
0: Yes, definitely. And another thing that's really key there. So not only is it going to vary how many days you need in between workout sessions, right? It it might change as you get older. It might change based on how many miles per week you're running, all of those things. Um, it also may change because you are needing to slow down more on your easy days. And if you do that, you might notice that the time in between your workout sessions can shorten, right? So what I see a lot is this whole gray zone. And I know we've talked about this topic before, but I want to define what the gray zone is right now. So many people listening probably have ran in the gray zone before. It's where people understand they need to slow down, right? So they're not going crazy right but they're running in this zone where they're not really able to ever fully recover in between hard workout sessions so just to paint a picture of what that might look like if you're the person that's running eight minute pace for your 5k Um, And your easy pace is supposed to be 10 minute pace or slower. You're probably hanging out right in that like 915 pace range. And you're thinking, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going slower. And yes, I will say you are going slower, but you're not going slow enough, right? So if you're always running in that gray zone, you're never allowing your body a chance to really see how fast can I go. If I actually slowed down, right? So, if you instead for a week ran 10 minute pace or slower and then tried doing a workout, I think what you would find is that you have more speed and more potential than you're giving yourself credit for right now. But a lot of the times people just aren't willing to go slower because they think they're already going slow enough. So, that gray zone is a very tricky spot to be stuck in because it's very hard to break out of because it is logical, right? You are going slow but you're not going slow enough. So how can you have a mindset shift if you're someone who is, you know, slowing down significantly, but you're not quite at the zone that we want you to get at. And people just think, you know, what's 30 seconds per mile? They don't think it's a big deal. Talk a little bit about maybe your experience in in this realm or seeing other athletes who actually took this step and how you can Break that mindset barrier to actually allowing yourself to go slower
1: Yeah, I think back to when I was doing a lot of my, you know easy runs at sub seven minute pace and You know, I was pretty fit but I, I The reason I was so fit was because I had years and years of experience in racing and doing you know intense intervals And but I was lacking the true polarized training method which which meant like my tempo runs my my threshold my my half marathon pace uh, Structure workouts just they weren't there. And so I was I was kind of making up for it by running a lot of my easy days too fast or doing a lot of like progression type runs. And so I think if you can structure in these workouts that are designed to give you, you know, three, four miles or 30 minutes at, at this tempo pace that's very specific, um, that can help you, um, you know, with your mindset of, oh, I get to do this pace here, so I should really back off the next day or whatever it is. And so I think just um, by having that accountability, that is one one way to um, you know, teach yourself how to be more disciplined in this manner.
0: Right. Yeah. I think it's really important just to remember mentally and be cognizant of like the thoughts you're telling yourself um, and just make sure your mind doesn't start playing tricks on you. Cause some people really want to embrace this, but then like the doubt starts to creep in and then they go back to their old habits. But when you're making a habit change, which is, you know, the pace you're running on your easy days, it's going to feel uncomfortable, it's going to feel awkward. But that's where the growth is actually happening. And you're growing in a way where you're embracing discomfort. You're doing something that's not comfortable, and the reason that it's uncomfortable isn't because you're running fast. It's because mentally, it is like painfully slow. When you go that slow, you're like, oh my gosh, I could be going so much faster. And I think part of it is, you know, someone might pass you on your easy run, and you just feel like this weirdness of oh, like I I could be going so much faster, or it's hard not to get into that competitive drive or look down at your garment and think, geez, you know, a month ago, my easy pace was 8.30s. But today I'm supposedly supposed to be embracing this going slower thing. So I got to go like 9.30 pace and it can just feel difficult mentally in that way, but that's where the growth really happens. And this is something that you're not going to see results overnight. Like you said, at the cellular level is where things are going to change. And it takes several months and weeks and years to really develop these benefits. But eventually you turn into like this lean, mean running machine who can just go and go and go. And that's, what's really cool about distance running is the aerobic endurance that you can gain. There are crazy races out there. And I don't know if all of our listeners are aware of this, but there are these ultra marathons, 50 milers, a hundred plus miles at a time that athletes will run. And it's not that, you know, these people are just gifted with something that's so natural. It's that they have worked their aerobic system. They spend a lot of time running these slow, easy miles. And so they can literally be on their feet and run 100 miles in one city, one full run. And these aren't just like elite athletes. I mean, some people that sign up for these things, you you wouldn't um, you know, picture what it is, right? So you wouldn't say, oh, you know, this person's gonna be able to do that. It's something that I really believe anyone can train their body to get up to those extreme distances, but it's all about embracing this concept of, the slow, easy running because um, humans really are evolved to to be able to run long distances as long as you train appropriately. And that's the really cool thing about this. Um, so one of the things that kind of comes into play, so I know as people are imagining these 100 mile ultra runners, if you've ever watched someone run an ultra, you know that the, the cadence and their form it is a little bit different than if you're watching someone race a 5K, right? So kind of talk to me a little bit about how your form might change or your cadence changes. And is this something that people should be worried about?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this this morning and um, because sometimes on an easy run, your cadence does feel um, obviously less and it might feel like your stride is um, shorter. And so I think that that that's okay. I think that when a lot of times we feel, we feel like, and if you look at your data for workouts, maybe that shows that your cadence is a little bit faster because you're trying to turn your legs over. But you can actually slightly shorten your stride and still focus on running more, kind of on your forefoot. You just want to avoid the heel strike. So think about running and landing underneath your hips instead of like out in front of you. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, um, you know, with new run, with new athletes, I would want to see more of. I'm not going to necessarily look at their cadence. I kind of want to see their running form and their biomechanics. That's what I want to look at to kind of see. Um, you know, what are, what is their feet doing? What are their arms doing? That sort of thing. So trying to get back to just running, relax. That's the key. Letting your body, um, do what it it does naturally. And over time it should get stronger and more efficient.
0: Yeah, definitely, and it's just important to understand that. Yeah, your your form will change, right? And just embracing that concept, and and don't get too stuck in your head, right? I know I've been out there on easy runs before, where I've said to myself, "Mel, oh, this, you know, I feel like my strides weird or all that stuff." And the more you think about it, um, the worse it's gonna get, right? And that's why for some people, uh, when they think about their breathing on the run, that can really work well for them. But for other people, like myself, if I think too much about my breathing, I can kind of make things not as enjoyable. So I think the best thing you can do when you're out there on an easy run is just really trying to relax. So whatever that is for you, maybe that's an audiobook, a podcast, some music um, that's not upbeat, right? You want to do what is going to put you in that nice headspace to be able to relax and not stress and worry too much. Because the more relaxed and in the zone you can get, the easier um, it's going to be to kind of embrace going slow and all of those things. So I know with winter months, it can be a little bit different or sometimes people um, have young kids at home, they can't leave the house, that sort of thing. Uh, And the treadmill is always a good option for those easy runs because you can just kind of plug in and do maybe some Netflix shows or something like that while you are On the treadmill, do you think that running on the treadmill makes it easier for people to run easy? Is that like a good first step for some people that are really struggling? Because I know I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, hey, I can run easy on the treadmill, but when I'm outside, I'm out of control. It's like you're like a caged animal and you're just, you know, as soon as you get outside, you're just going, right? Because you just don't have the same, I don't know if it's like a pacing control or it can be harder to pace yourself because you're all out on your own, you're outside, Um, so what are your thoughts on easy running on the treadmill versus outside?
1: Yeah, I think it's a useful tool. If you have access, you can definitely uh, incorporate it into your training. Uh, I have a number of athletes that will do, you know, the bulk of their easy runs on the treadmill and then they'll try to get outside for workouts or long runs. Um, and so it's really about kind of what fits into your, you know, into your running routine and, and, and that sort of thing. But, Um, If you're kind of a newer runner and you're trying to focus on just slowing down, I think the treadmill is useful for helping you um, not have to worry about the pace because you just set it and forget it. And then you get to think about more uh, about getting your body to run relaxed and and just uh, be repetitive, right, in that motion. And so when we're outside, there's all these other factors, right? We're worried about um, maybe... We're worried about the cadence or we're worried about the hill that's coming up or um, slowing down, um, stopping, that sort of thing. And it just, it can be difficult with all the changes in terrain and and all those factors.
0: Yes, definitely. And I know for a lot of athletes, they love to know exactly what pace they're supposed to be running or they have like certain rules when they go out, you know, I got to stay within this pace range, blah, blah, blah. Or at least I used to, and I'm sure other people probably have similar tendencies. But when you are outside, it it is important to run outside, first of all, when you're training for a race. Of course, the treadmill is a great tool. And I think that should be plan B always, but you always want to be able to get outside because racing takes place outside. Um, you want to acclimate yourself to how to pace running up a hill, how to pace running down a hill, um, the wind, the heat, uh, all of those factors you're not going to get on the treadmill. So it is important to, to run outside when you can and with that being said it is also important when you are running on hills or when it's windy sunny to not hyper focus on the garment and don't worry so much about pacing and oh I really need to run you know x pace like I said earlier if you're that eight minute pace 5k your speed limit is 10 minute pace. So you'd be going 12 minute pace. And if you're running up a very steep hill, maybe you're slowing down to 14, 15 minute pace. And you know, maybe you're walking up the hill and there's no shame in that. Sometimes that's actually going to be the thing that keeps the effort easier. And if you're just out there trying to get your aerobic system developed, um, running, walking up a hill may be the option for you, right? So don't, um, Don't try to like have a certain pace if you're running up a hill or have a certain pace if you're running in a 40 mile per hour headwinds. It's more about how can I keep this easy, checking in internally and trying to keep the effort easy, which is so key. So I know that this is a very difficult topic when it comes to slowing down. and, And one of the reasons why for some people is the whole strava situation if you decide today let's say you listen to this podcast and you're like committing you're like, yes absolutely i'm gonna do this checkbox like I'm so gonna slow down a minute per mile slower. Um, one of the hard things is that if you do have a lot of your data public, um, people can kind of see that maybe you're you're slowing down and you're making some changes to your training um, and that can be sometimes for some athletes a mental barrier because they don 't want people to think that like they're slowing down, or they're not trying, and stuff like that. So, what is one way that you might suggest combating um, some of those thoughts? Because I know the reason that we're bringing this up is because we want people to be able to stick with this change long term and not do it for a couple of weeks and then feel, you know, embarrassed or have like some mental hang-ups based on social media or those sort of things. So, we really want people to be all in on this and just talking about these things openly. Would definitely help if you are in that situation where you're like, I really want to do this, but I also don't want people to think, you know, hey, I'm slowing down a ton. So, what are some ways to mentally kind of get through that?
1: Yeah, I think just those positive affirmations, like reminding yourself uh, kind of why you're doing it. And, you know, the nice thing about Strava is you can title your runs. And so you can say things like, you know, really trying to keep the easy days easy or, Really focused on slowing down today, or you know whatever, and so hopefully you know on your workout days when those upload, that should hopefully be enough of a reminder to you that you are um, still progressing in your fitness, and uh, those are really the runs that that matter most. <clears throat>
0: Yes, definitely. And also remembering, you know, there's a private mode on Strava. You can have it so all of your uploads uh, are automatically private. You can choose to share them or not um, if that's something you want to do. But like you said, just being transparent, saying, hey, I'm trying to slow down on my easy days and building awareness around this topic. So that sort of title, um, it's a signal to other people who are following you um, to say, hey, like I'm doing this. Like I'm committed to slowing down on my easy days. And it maybe starts to raise some awareness Some people start questioning, hey, maybe I should try that. And it's just like this whole uh, movement that you can be a part of to help people uh, reach their potential and to enjoy the sport of running and to be in it for the long run. Because what I have found is that the people who hang out in the gray zone Or let's say you yourself have done it, right? Like I have been there. I used to hang out in the gray zone. Um, What can happen is you either fall out of love in the sport of running. You don't like running. You feel like it's a chore, all of those things. And then over time, what ends up happening if you don't own a run coaching business like I do, (laughs) because I'm like, I I have like that accountability piece, right? Like I have to figure it out. Um, Some people will just be like, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm not gonna run anymore. So they just completely give up because it's just so taxing on their body over time. And they just, they have to give up the sport because. They just don't enjoy doing it because they're always pushing it and they're never allowing their body that time to recover. So by you titling that and by you saying, hey, I'm going to slow down on my easy days, you're allowing room for someone else to slow down on their easy days. And you are being an advocate of doing this and being a lifelong runner, which is really huge. So instead of, you know, being embarrassed of what you're doing, I think just taking ownership of that and allowing that to spread a message to your followers. And hey, maybe no one takes you up on it right away, but let's say you do that consistently for a year and they see the results you're getting, they're going to say, Hey, you know, I think he or she was up to something and now I really want to try that. And so it's this whole movement of just empowering other people and having, um, that right mindset when you go into sharing things on social media. So do you have anything to add to that or any closing words when it comes to easy running, Jason?
1: I know that was, that was really well said, I guess for me, um, you know, thinking about, uh, easy running in general is, the um, the long-term approach. And so if you're able to kind of, uh, you know, be consistent over time, I think the people that are able to slow down um, are more likely to reach their full potential. And the people that are uh, out there const- con- constantly kind of running on the borderline or running in the gray zone, um, they're way, li- way less likely to reach their potential among all the other things that you mentioned. And so um, that should be a good enough reminder right there. And I think that Uh, yeah, we need more advocates in this sport, um, that it's okay to do things your own way and not feel shame or guilt or anything like that.
0: Yes, definitely. The more advocates, the better. And this is the best sort of topic to kind of let people know any pace is a good pace and slowing down is awesome. There's no award for how fast you go on your easy days. Um, Just embracing those days and using it for some enjoyment and self-reflection and all of those good things. So if you want accountability with this, I know some people really struggle with it and they want someone to kind of be checking their training or to be checking up with them or maybe even just to help them figure out what they need to be doing on the 20% of days where they're going to be doing these hard workouts because a lot of the times that's the key that helps people really put all of this together is being able to do workouts that are correct so that they get excited about these workouts and they want to slow down on their easy days so that they can be ready for these hard workouts. Um, So the polarization of training is super important and working with a coach can definitely help you to perfect this in your training. So if you fill out the form on our website, www.runforprs.com, We can get you set up with a free seven day trial and we can do a phone consultation and all of those good things. And we just really want to get to know you as an athlete so that we can help you discover your best self and be your strongest running self. So again, if you fill out the form on our website, www.runforprs.com, we would love to get you set up with a free seven day trial and get to know more about you. Thanks for tuning in.